Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello friends, how are you doing? Um, I am so happy to have closed the Herbalism PTSD and Traumatic Stress course. Um, just been like blown away by the response. People have been so kind and generous and like tons of people have accessed it for free which just like warms my heart because I know it's getting to the people who need it if that makes sense been getting loads of sweet emails from people um with kind of gratitude for the sliding scale options and the kind of liberating way the course has been designed so yeah I'm like stoked about that absolutely knackered (laughs) um just yeah trying to catch up on all the other little bits and bobs I've got a little trip away this weekend with my partner so that would be really nice but This episode is absolutely banging. It is an interview with two friends of mine, um, Kess and Anya. And yeah, they're just like incredible organizers and herbalists and yeah, just, just really old, amazing friends. And they've made these beautiful zines, um, the Queer Plants Coloring Zine and the Queer Animals Coloring Zine. Maybe you've ordered them from them or from me on my shop, but they're really amazing, cute offerings to the world that really explore kind of like queerness in nature and um, challenge our kind of like imposed heterosexuality and heteronormativity on the world. So yeah, but some of the references in the the interview are because we recorded it like before my course was launched. So I kind of referenced that a little bit. So it's a bit of a time skip, but um, I'm going to put links to their projects and their websites in my um, show notes. So please check that out. And I will be back with a Prisoner's Herbal episode soon. But for now, please yeah enjoy this interview it was tons of fun I'm really sorry about the sound quality in parts like I take responsibility for that with experimenting with the software and did a sound check for myself but not for everyone that was being interviewed so yeah I'm really sorry but I'm sure they will be back on the show in the future with much nicer fancy sound quality and I'll probably let Kez do all of the tech stuff because she's an angel like that. Um, I haven't really like got my head around doing interviews yet because I've just been doing these like solo episodes about the prisoners herbal. Anyway, thank you so much again to everyone who joined the Herbalism PTSD and Traumatic Stress course. It's going to be open for enrollment again, hopefully in October. Um, but on the course page, there's now a link to like a waiting list. So if you want to be like, you know, emailed, notified when it's available, then please sign up to that. And everyone who joins that waiting list also gets a discount on the course. All right. Okay, let's dive into the interview. Yeah, thank you so much for both being here. Uh, would you be able to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Kes. And I'm Anya. Kiki, I mean, like, <laughs> are you on like a proper introduction? Okay, <laughs> I know you do like all the things, like literally all the things, like caps lock. All. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about, yeah, what you're doing and um, yeah, how you know stuff you're involved in, involved with in the world and things. <laughs> I can go first. Um, yeah, okay, my I'm guess what to leave. Um, at the moment, I am taking a writing retreat in Portugal, which is the most luxurious, amazing thing in the world because we are working on a lot of books this year, um, including, we we're just talking about it, a queer ecology 
uh, non-fiction book, which is our first time, um, yeah, writing some like proper science in a book with like accessible kind of queer ecology stuff. Um, who? Me and Anya. No, I said woohoo. <laughs> oh, woohoo. Because <laughs> I know you've got a degree in biology, right? Like you're actually like sitting hardcore geek under there. Yeah, Anya has a PhD in botany. I have a master's in, uh, a master's? No, I don't. I have a bachelor's in ecology. Um, wow, just giving myself a little <laughs> master's. Um, <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> You put um, on the internet, couldn't you? Just pop it on there. Right, I think so. Just print one out. Um, yeah, I am a speculative fiction author writing from a working class trans feminine um, chronically ill perspective. And um, yeah, community organizer for 20 something years. Um, right now I'm kind of in between activist things and kind of working out what comes next but um that's okay it's given me lots of chance to focus on all the writing which is really good and at the moment a lot of the writing and creative projects are with Anya say hi Anya <laughs> yes so my name is Anya um I use they them pronouns I live in Scotland um in beautiful green landscape um and well, I think like my daily life is a lot about that landscape right now. Um, we have uh, planted an orchard and we're like doing all kinds of stuff here on the land. Um, and as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a biologist. I've done a PhD in primrose ecology. Um, and I... I'm also a herbalist, breadwork practitioner, um, and I've organized quite a few kind of like breadwork fundraisers to send all of your books and all of like the zines that Kess and I made to uh, Books Beyond Bars. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I can say, I, I guess. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And all that fundraising has been like so appreciated over the years. Um, if people don't know, Books Beyond Bars is like a prisoner book project, um, which yeah, we can talk about another time. But I know um, you're also part of starting that, weren't you, before, I think, Kes? Yeah, it was um, this really beautiful process that I was um, in the UK a few times on book tour and had worked with a similar project called um, LGBT Books to Prisoners in the US, uh, the so-called US. And um, I kind of was meeting all these really amazing people. And I was like, oh, it seems like everybody's kind of wanting to do some kind of similar project uh, in the UK. And yeah, just kind of put all the people together in a room and then the thing happened, um, which I have to say felt like one of the, like, highlights of my organizing career because I just haven't had to do very much and I just kind of like talk about how amazing they are and support them and like send them books and things or like raise funds but like the people doing it are just these incredible hard-working like yeah amazing folks doing all this you know like very invisible and invisibilized labor um 
and yeah they just need all the support possible they're really amazing yeah definitely so talking about books or talking about zines you two are the creators of these amazing zines one's called the queer plants coloring zine and one's the queer animals zine and yeah i just wondered if you could talk a little bit about um your inspiration for those and maybe for folks who haven't heard about them like what they are um because yeah they're definitely like my favorite things to color in so yeah (laughs) tell me more that'd be amazing yeah so the the whole thing started in a very weird way um which is that i was uh getting ready to release my first novel margins and murmurations and um i was poor as fuck uh, as usual so i was like crowdfunding everything and i had this kind of idea that um when you're doing a crowdfunding you're supposed to give something back apart from you know putting my amazing novel in the world um so i was like oh okay so i should send something to all the people who've supported because it was paying for the, like the design um fees and editing and publishing and all these things um so i was like oh i could make a little zine of some gay animals or something that would be cute um because in the novel there's a whole section about um queer ecology queer animals um herbalism there's like a whole bunch of things in there and so i was like okay that would be cute that would make even make sense and kind of um be relevant to the project so um i did some very bad drawings and made it i think it was like just like a pdf or something maybe there's some printed copies and um from there somehow now we're at uh, zine two there's a full-size coloring book being uh printed as we speak um that's about to be published next month or so um and yeah it's you know um and you will talk about their part with the illustrations but it um i just feel like it's become this very beautiful project where we get to do things that we really love I get to sit there with my books and the internet and like geek out about things that I care about a lot. And we make something beautiful that people can enjoy, that we can raise funds for Solidarity Apothecary. We can send copies to Books Beyond Bars. I just feel like it's this like very political, creative, um, I don't know, we're just kind of getting to do things that we like and doing something good in the world. It just feels like the dream, to be honest. And it is really dreamy. So, like, yeah, for people that don't know us, like, we're all quite close friends, and I would be regularly texting you guys about, like, hey, is this animal gay? Like, hey, are, like, <laughs> do you know anything about dogs? Like, are they bisexuals? Like, and you seem to have this, like, encyclopedic knowledge of different, like, queer animals. And I just, I want to kind of, like, go back to basics of, like, if people are listening to this and they're, like, what the hell does that mean? Can you kind of, one of you, like, fill us in on, yeah, what does that mean, like, queer animals? Like, how is an animal queer, if that makes sense? Uh, yeah, I can take uh, animals and uh, I'll give plants to Anya. All right. Um, <laughs> um, so often, you know, I think there's multiple layers to it, and that's what we're really discovering as well with writing this um, hopefully accessible science book, is that it can be this kind of very political um, subject that has like a lot of meaning, has a lot of like um, repercussions for 
grassroots community organizing. And also it can be something really fun and interesting. And somehow like when people learn that, you know, penguins can be gay and there are gay couples of penguins living in zoos or something. I mean, poor penguins in zoos, but, um, or that like Nemo is trans because clownfish swap sexes several times during their life. Things like this, like it's almost become kind of common knowledge and it's something that is quite accessible to people and i think having it be a coloring book which is very accessible um and yeah it just kind of brings it to a lot of people that they can be like oh look this is a thing and people will you know feel identified with their queer animal or something and yeah so i feel like um particularly when we're talking about queerness in this case we're talking about um sex sexuality and gender and in all of those ways, uh, non-humans are doing all kinds of queer things during their lives um, that we can kind of, yeah, maybe connect to human queerness. And of course, a lot of it is projection, right? Like, um, But I think it's interesting that, you know, I had a degree in ecology. I grew up watching every wildlife TV program that exists. And it was all completely unknown to me. Like, none of this was spoken about. There were still only a couple of books on the subject. Um, and it's all still a bit of a taboo. And it's interesting to be looking at, like, the history of that, of, like, the history of people kind of seeing things and observing them and kind of hiding the information or um, publishing bias of, like, certain papers are going to get published, certain things are not, some things are going to be, certain kinds of sexual behavior is going to be seen as an anomaly, and so we don't need to talk about it, and it doesn't make it into the research, and nobody ever knows about it. So there's all these kind of layers of um, queerphobia, which actually makes perfect sense, and so it's kind of a lens also for looking at, um, yeah, prejudice against queer folks in humans as well. Yeah, that makes loads of sense, and I think definitely until I'd met you, like I hadn't put two and two together, if that makes sense, which seems daft because it's like absolutely obvious, right? That hmm. there would be like differences in sexuality or gender. But I think your zine is really just this like beautiful, beautiful kind of creative introduction to a subject that's actually like very kind of radical and subversive of just like, hey, like you've been imposing your kind of like this hetero patriarchal style like on the world. And it's just not... Hmm. It's just not real. Like it's just not real. If that makes sense. But um, right. Um, and yeah. So like, I think I think like with the animals, it, it's like kind of maybe easier for people to kind of grasp. But yeah, hmm. the plants coloring zine. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about that, Anya? Of like, yeah, what's what's kind of queerness got to do with plants? I mean, we all know, but like, yeah, <laughs> we all know. Um, well, I think plants are very special, right? Like, um in the sense that like we as humans have kind of tried to to kind of put like a human filter on their experiences and their like way of living their lives right and I think if you actually look at how plants do live their life it has nothing to, you know like it has nothing to do with any type of heterosexual kind of like boy meets girl kind of story um their you know way of 
reflection that we have like meeting and and you know how how they kind of live their lives and how they kind of organize themselves um amongst each other and amongst like the land within the landscape um is so diverse is so expansive it's so amazing um and i think queer is like a really good term to kind of um describe plants um and just just to kind of like give a little number like if you if you take the male female offspring type of model um that we you know like are used to hearing about in animals and, and humans when we five to six percent of all species of all plant species actually follow that model the rest of it the rest of all species of all plant species follow something completely different and i think that's quite special so yeah just just that if you're just thinking about mating systems they're like very very queer if you look at how they relate to other species for pollination for um, seed dispersal they're also very queer um, if you look at their genetics it's it's amazingly complex and intriguing they can hybridize they can um, you know like a tree can basically grow through a fence without an issue which is pretty amazing so they're very adaptable they're very plastic um, yeah yeah, definitely. and I think like calling plants special is like a really beautiful way of like framing it because I think we're just like so like yeah so limited in our knowledge of them if that makes sense even though we've been learning about plants since like the dawn of time it's like they're still just fascinating and you learn different things like every single day um and your zine like I think it's like again like a really beautiful little tender introduction to some of these like concepts um around kind of like reproduction or um yeah like have you got have you got like a particular favorite plant in your zine um like either of you have you got one that you'd like to share about today and you definitely has <laughs> I, I actually don't know if i have i like them all really like obviously <laughs> primrose always has like a special place in my heart because i've done my phd on it on them and um they are amazing uh but yeah i have to say i like all plants <laughs> tell us about the primrose and you the primrose um i think one of the main reasons why i was really keen of having it in the zine is that they are a very well-known model for a specific type of um a mating system in in plants. So, if anyone talks about self incompatibility, they will talk about the primrose, Primula vulgaris. Um, and so they are like a model species, and at the same time, they break all rules of that model all the time, right? So, um, the little story goes that you've got two types of plants um, within the primrose. You've got pin plants and trun plants. And in theory, reproduction or like 
viable seeds only uh, come out of mating between a pin with a trum or a trum with a pin. Um, and I think during my during my research uh, for my PhD and you know um, reading of other people's work, uh, it's very clear that whenever um, a population of of primroses kind of gets into trouble for whatever reason, if it's like you know. Um, their 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 habitat that's being fragment, uh, fra fragmented or like destroyed or whenever there's an issue they will actually kind of mix up that that mating system so that pin times pin does give give viable seeds trum trum uh, by trum does give viable seeds or they even like produce a whole other uh, type of plants um, so the pins and the trums they're called heterostyles and uh, whenever there is a need for the, the species also develop develop uh, plants that are called homo styles. Um, and that all has to do with how uh, the their like anthers and stigmas are positioned within the flower. But in a way that's not very uh, important. It's just that they yeah, they just vary their their mating system dependent on what's going on around them, basically. I think I'm probably similar. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're like really beautiful flowers and it's near the season, right? Well, I guess for you yeah. maybe you'll get them in like May or something, but um they're coming out near me soon. Amazing, yeah. Um, and you also talk in the book, I must say, like, I'm definitely like not a mushroom geek or a mushroom person. I know lots of ecology types are, and that's their kind of like entryway. Um, but I shamefully have like next to no mushroom knowledge. But you talk about one in the zine. Um, I think it's this split sill mushroom that has like 23,000 odd sexes. Um, and I thought that was pretty fun. I just wondered if you could say anything about that. So. With the these split gel mus mushrooms, it's quite special. Like we can't really talk about sexes in them as we can talk about more females. That doesn't really um, apply to these uh, mushrooms, but they have uh, different mating um, mating types. And in a way, it's very similar to the, the story about primroses that I, I just told. Um, so basically, in the genetic material of these mushrooms, there are two genes that kind of um, code for their um, mating type. Um, and each gene has a specific number of different possibilities within that gene and we call these alleles um, and so one one gene which is called locus a has 288 different varieties of this of this gene and locus b has 81 alleles so different varieties of of this um of this gene and so if you combine those two possibilities basically you come up with nearly 23,000 different you know, just statistically different possibilities um, and 
those are mating um, types or different, uh, you know, yeah, you, you could look at them as sexes, but different ways, different organizations in a way. Um, and each mushroom has you know, access to these all these different types to make with maybe amazing yeah no it's like super interesting um and i know that like you both have a lot of kind of um like a very strong relationship to plants and ecology and the land and um guess like a lot of your well, all of your books have that as like a kind of like running theme and just on like a personal note, I remember being like incredibly sick and incredibly burnt out and being like mm -hmm. up to your house. Like my friends all put in 50 quid and bought me your final ticket to come to and you mm -hmm. and you looked after me and I did herbal things. And we were joking because it was kind of like um, one of the main characters in your book. Um, the first one. <laughs> so I just wondered, like, again, I don't want to give away the plot to everyone, but maybe you could just like... I think a lot of the listeners of this show are very interested in like the connection between like plants and like resistance or like mm. for liberation, community organizing in different ways. And mm. I just wondered if you could like speak to that in your books as a kind of theme. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because that is where the zines came from. As I was telling earlier, that is like those scenes led to the zines um and which has become its, its own kind of project now um but it's true that right from the beginning um for me to be writing utopian speculative fiction there was always going to be a lot of elements of land particularly like growing up poor and not having any real access to land um but always wanting it and being very seduced by the lichens and the blackbirds and um yeah so there's i think there's quite a longing there um and even more in the new novel which is coming soon um i think that was always a really strong element for my writing um and it's been interesting as well because you know with this like queer ecology project it's i think as I was saying before, it like speaks to people on lots of different levels. What's really exciting for me is to be like keeping it really political because um, that's what I like. And, um, you know, really writing the the book that, and also the novels, like writing the work that I wish I had like had 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I guess. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Like grassroots community movements, um, with, for example, autonomous, um, healthcare, herbalism, um, and land-based organizing. And that, in a way that's easier, um, to kind of get to through a novel sometimes because people are like following the story and they're following the character. They're like, oh, wait, oh, this oh, this is some autonomous organizing I was just reading about. Oh, I didn't really think about that. Um, uh, rather than it be like a manifesto or something. But I think the um, what I'm really enjoying with the, the queer ecology work as well is that, you know, sometimes it's ecology for queers. How is this like relevant to our community organizing or our community living or our lives? And sometimes it's queerness for ecologists. Um and sometimes it's queer stuff and ecology stuff for people who are, yeah, 
in a third category, I guess. And it's it's just been really interesting to see how how something like symbiosis, symbiogenesis, um, horizontal gene transfer, all these very, very geeky things that I'm just having so much fun with, it like tells us something about how we organize our societies and how we take care of each other. And I don't know, there's a lot of mutual aid to learn about in queer ecology. I'm just really enjoying like how all these like weird connections are happening in my brain that I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know, just really enjoying it. Amazing. And that is sort of like queerness, right? Like, like right. those margins and those binaries and like, yeah. And I kind exactly. of that, that actually like some people might have like this like ecology entry point, if that makes sense. Because hmm. I connect with a lot of queers who like live in cities and like maybe they're not so interested in like the land or non-humans. And then, yeah, we're like this niche of like queers that are just like, give me plants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then you know obviously you meet eventually and it's like oh you're a babe like you like plants like, <laughs> like, absolutely um but yeah so i don't know if there was anything else you wanted to share about the about the zines like where people can get them from um and yeah yeah i did want to read one of the profiles um which is um so a lot of them are just uh, specific species but this is just like a whole section on lichens um and yeah i'm just going to read it out because it's really cute uh so lichens smash binaries wherever they go symbiosis was once seen as a radical concept the idea that a lichen was a compound organism of a fungus and a green alga or a photosynth photosynthesizing bacteria called a cyanobacteria that benefited mutually from the relationship seemed absurd to scientists. Surely the fungus was holding the alga captive and exploiting it for its photosynthetic superpowers. Working together? Impossible! Those ideas say a lot more about the people who believe them than it does about lichens. But fungal-algal symbiosis is pretty wild. Fungi and plants are far apart on the tree of life. Fungi and cyanobacteria, who also form lichens, are not even in the same domain, meaning that you and a mushroom are closer relations than any two that come together to create lichens. In general, living things diverge over time as each branch of the evolutionary tree splits into smaller and smaller twigs. But here, different branches come together, known as convergence. A plant and a fungus make a whole new organism. I can't, I can photosynthesize, but I can't eat rocks. Oh, really? I love eating rocks, but I can't photosynthesize. Want to get together sometime? And they're living their best life, covering 8% of the Earth's land surface, more than tropical rainforests, and surviving in space, just because humans love taking things into space. And the story doesn't end there. The closer people examined lichens, the more species they found mixed into the relationship. Not just one fungus, but several, and loads of bacteria turned up who couldn't eat rocks or photosynthesize, but could do all kinds of other useful things. It's grown ever more complex to the point that two species lichens might not even be a thing, and what we've been calling an organism this whole time might be a system of interactions, a whole community. Lichens, bringing all the complexity, and we love them for it. <laughs> Yay!
<laughs> and if anyone loves listening to your voice, they can also check out your podcast, eh? Which yes, about. But do you want to just share a little bit about your podcast? Sure. Um, yeah, it's called Margins and Memorations. The podcast, Margins and Memorations, is the name of my first novel. Um, I think I'm on like episode ten or eleven or something. It is all over the place, which I'm really enjoying. Um, when I was thinking, oh, I would be, it would be so nice to have a cute little podcast. I should choose one subject and just do that. And I was like, oh, but that's just not who I am as a person. Um, so what about I just do anything that kind of vaguely relates to the novels? So it's been all over the place, um, and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's really a nice way to to make connections to have exploring conversations to i don't know yeah learn a lot um yeah so you can find that um in places that people have podcasts or just directly from my website which is otterleaf.com forward slash podcast amazing and i'll put the link in the show notes i think the um episode um on trans herbalism um, sorry, I feel bad. I can't remember. Is it Ayelet? Ayelet. Ayelet, yeah. It was really, yeah, it was really beautiful. I kept meaning to text you about it. Yeah, so I definitely recommend um, people checking that out. And I know, Anya, you've got like a whole other hat, which is this like breathwork hat. And um, yeah, I'm just about to launch this course about herbalism and PTSD and traumatic stress. And I know that I, I personally haven't done any kind of breathwork practices, but I know it's like a big tool in lots of people's toolboxes. So I think people would be interested in hearing a little bit more about that. If you fancy sharing a bit about what you do in terms of facilitating sessions and things. So, yeah, I am a herbal breathwork practitioner. I organize online group sessions. Most um, and yeah, I think prep work is like a really nice practice. It can be very, you know, like relaxing, kind of taking us back to our bodies. Um, it can also help us connect to difficult feelings, um, you know, like feeling the feelings and all that. So, and it's always very, very beautiful to do, to do that in a small and cozy group um with other queers uh so uh, at the moment i have not planned anything uh yet but in general i i um i use instagram to kind of keep people up to date about what i'm organizing and i'm thin primrose yeah. um on instagram Okay, amazing. I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes too, and your your lovely website, which I've seen. Um, I think we might have lost Kez. I think her um, signal was. Oh, is she back? No, no, I'm here. I was just on mute. <laughs> ah, it's gone like grey, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Still here. You can see I'm like a podcasting program. <laughs> This is the first interview I've done because I've obviously been doing these like solo episodes and uh, yeah, already We're very honored. repeated disaster of scheduling and losing the questions and all the like things. But I'm glad I've messed it up with you two because, <laughs> <laughs> because we're so patient. <laughs> you like, like know me too well. You're just like, oh, yep, yeah, that's Nicole. 
she's had another reschedule for like three weeks time because like the master was a caller. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> it's been fun. Well, you are very busy doing all the things, to be honest. Um, I also like before we finish, I do want to ask you what um what queer plants means to you or queer ecology or any of these subjects like how how do these things kind of fit into your life Ooh, um on the spot <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> no it's fine i think for me there's always this thing of like like you know like these days like queerness is kind of like this weird commodity on instagram it's like social capital mm. of like um you know your you're a certain thing or whatever but like I think I mean I'm you know I'm 34 just about to turn 35 and even in my generation it was like very dangerous to be queer you know when I was young mm. it's still dangerous in lots of countries around the world and you know I don't want to assume it's safe anywhere but I just mean like you know I remember being like threatened in public not being like publicly affectionate with my partners like you know like all the things and I think for me it made me feel like I was like kind of divergent or like perverted or, you know, this like Christian hangover of like something wrong with mm. you or something. And I think the reason like your zines and your like approach is so liberating is it's just like it normalizes everything to me. Like I don't actually want to be super unique and weird and like stand out all the time. Like I want to just be like part of the world and accept myself being part of the world and yeah you know like I'm cis but I'm bisexual and like to know that there's like yeah like bisexual deers for example like I remember your patreon mm. as the you know take an animal it was like yay deers like because <laughs> even the bisexual and I was just like yeah like I'm up for that but yeah so I think for me it's more that like it's validating and normalizing and it's just like mm. this is the norm this is the default and like all the other things are just kind of like human created human imposed like oppressive categories if that makes sense mm. um makes a lot of sense does that make sense yeah 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 thank you um so yeah so i think that's my answer um but is there anything else you'd like to share before we finish i would like to just say just recently um guess and i made a little pdf of six profiles on an a4 um and the intent with that is like if there's any organizations that use coloring you know for soothing for comfort with with people organizations or people who work with people that like coloring um where um that like working with our queer animals and plants might be a positive thing we'd be happy just to share that pdf that they could just print out to color in and i think anyone can contact me or kes to get access to that pdf oh amazing yes oh yeah no that's a beautiful offering and i think when you like make something like this it's really nice to like actually get feedback isn't it like um myself and my friend Amani like made this medicinal herb coloring mm. uh drawings are just so stunning i mean i literally just really beautiful wrote a bit of text underneath each one but like seeing all the all the drawings you know when some, someone sends me a picture on instagram of like you know through lockdown their grandmother has been like painting this red clover and, like, keeping her going because she's shielding because you know the pandemic is still mm. happening 
anyway um like it's so nice to like get that feedback or get that feedback from someone in prison of like hey this has been mm. yeah I think if anyone has like and we know lots of you have been ordering them because I posted a million out before Christmas so <laughs> definitely Hi. send us your photos of them being colored in um yeah all right well thank you so much both of you it's been so nice I wish we were like under duvet like doing karaoke like yes things. <laughs> we should soon thank you so much for your time today and your thank you while i organized all the rescheduling um it's been lovely thank you, thank you. all the links in the show notes and yeah thanks so much take care thanks so much for listening to the frontline herbalism podcast you can find the transcript the links all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast